I like cooking with tradition and respecting limitations. I think that you can grow a lot and learn a lot of, about yourself through limitations. It's like with produce, when you're limited less, you can, you explore more. It is a new year in restaurant land. Well, it's a new year for everybody, but at this time of year, restaurants are reopened and gearing back up. Summer is tailing off and it feels like the real year begins. I'm really curious about what that feels like in old school restaurants, restaurants that have been looking after their communities for ages, but of course often have new-ish or new team members coming through. Today we are chatting to the head chef at Fratelli Paradiso, one of my all-time favourite restaurants, an absolute Sydney classic. Trisha Greentree, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this chat. Um, Happy New Year and tell me how it's shaping up for you. Tell us about Paradiso and any plans for the year. Um, So at the moment we're still quite busy after the Christmas period. Everyone's still on holidays and it's still buzzing. But we are starting to talk about the year ahead and, you know, how that's going to shape up and what it's going to look like and comparing, just seeing what happened last year and just trying to manage those fluctuations, Mm. which is always the challenge in restaurants. Well, what did happen last year? What are you you Um, talking about? Well, we saw like quite a drop in like the winter period. Um, you know, it was just a lot of, we're always, Fratelli is always stable, but it's just dealing with the, you know, the really cold winters here and everyone flocks to um, Europe. A lot of travel last year for everyone. Um, so restaurants in Sydney were a bit quiet. Yeah. I honestly felt like I was the only person left in Australia. <laughs> it was like, um, hello. I know, and we're all still here. <laughs> yeah, that's still, right. And we're all still trading. And so, um, so yeah, just um, manage, just got, trying to be a bit more prepared for that. Um, you know, the height, the costs of everything is increasing. So just seeing how we can just be more pro, uh, proactive in just managing them without putting our prices up constantly, um, if at all, which is kind of a huge challenge. Um, yeah, because Fratelli, you know, they rest on their morals a lot about value and that regular business and, you know, keeping that relationship strong with the regulars. And, you know, we, they, don't, they don't really like passing it on the pain because they want it to be still that homely hospitable place where people come for refuge and you know where they just like you know treat it like their living room and not you know step away from the stress um yeah so it's all about that yeah well it's I mean it's such a tricky balance that you know costs and value and welcome that I guess so many businesses are trying to juggle um for people who don't know Fratelli Paradiso, um, tell us, uh, yeah, just give us a little 101 on it, Trisha, and t- tell us about how you came to be there and, and how long ago that was. Um, so Fratelli Paradiso is a little trattoria, I would say, in Potts Point that opened 23 years ago. 
um, by two brothers, um, Enrico and Gio Paradiso, and they came up from Melbourne. Um, and they brought a little, like, I guess a different style of hospitality to Sydney that wasn't really seen in Sydney yet. Um, yeah, and it's been going on. It's gone through many changes, many um, head chefs, not too many, I would say probably four or five. Um, yeah, and it's just evolved with the changes, like a few structural changes that used to have a bakery, which people still asking for. Um, and I came on board when I was the head chef at um, 10 Williams Street just before COVID. And then I, then I stepped into a role that looked after both and then COVID happened. So it kind of changed a little bit um, and just adapted and I had a baby in between that. So it just kind of adapted and trying to get Fratelli through COVID and then come out the other end. I've just settled with just Fratelli um, and just bringing it and making sure that, you know, it's just stronger than ever financially, team-wise, um, culturally, the food, everything, just making sure that it's just the strong beast that it can be to just keep going. And as you, you know, coming into a, a really well-established business with, you know, passionate stakeholders, how do you approach the, the menu? Are there dishes that have to be there? Um, and, you know, how do you, how do you renew and change in amongst that? Um, well, I guess that was my biggest challenge. Um, I've never shied away from a challenge and I think that's what attracted me to the role, like to my detriment, I guess, is that it was such a, um old-school culture as well. I loved the room. I loved the tradition. I loved the values that they um, present. Um, I love hospitality at its core and that's what that place is. Um, but behind the scenes, the culture, it was very Italian, masculine, maybe like just narrow-minded. Um, and so I just saw it as an opportunity to like bring it forward <laughs> into modernity really. And, um, you know, it was, it's, it's still not easy. Um, it's still, I still face challenges, but I can, in the last three years, it's, it's done a 180 for sure. And it's made steadway. Uh, I mean, so interesting. I just want to know more about all of that. So tell, <laughs> tell me what it, what that. How was that rendered, that, that masculine Italian culture? I mean, just, you know, the basic 101s, the relationship between floor and kitchen, the way that, um, you know, just even, I mean, even it, it's internal but it's also external factors like how, you know, we're all on deputy and payroll now, how we're all working you know, a good work-life balance. It all, it's all progressed externally and internally, but, you know, the culture, um, you know, just how people work, you know, um, how we treat each other at work, how, you know, the care that, you know, even you put into staff mail, you know, attitudes really. Mm, so interesting. I mean, has that been a project of yours as a as a female chef to, I guess, 
change culture from within, like move through restaurants, leave, leave a mark, um, create that, that quiet revolution? You know, if you had asked me that 10 years ago, I don't think that I would have. But now that I am looking back, yes, I would say like quietly. I think that I have always been a rebel with a cause, but quietly. Um, yeah, and like I think that's what makes me keep going is that, you know, I I like to see change um, and whether that's like, you know, how people speak to each other in a kitchen or between staff members or how cutlery is placed in a dishwash, like simple things. Um, that's huge to me. Oh, I, I want to know about the cutlery. What do you have, to, what's, what can be done with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I, I, you know, it says a lot about how people respect a workplace, you know, with how they, you know, how they drop cutlery in a dishwash. You know, like I'm very sens I'm a very sensitive person and I like quiet. My kitchens are very quiet, even though they're very chaotic. The the work is the work is very simple and calm, but you know, the volume that you do and there's a music to it, there's a rhyme to it. I like it to be calm. So things that disrupt that rhythm and calmness, it, I'm very sensitive to. So things like how plates are in the dishwasher really disrupt that for me. Oh, I just love that. I want to sit in your kitchen and write the poem about it. <laughs> um, how does all of that relate to what ends up on the plate? Like can, can you talk about a dish that you're doing that, that really, I guess, is an outcome of this feeling? Well, yeah, like I, I don't plan – it's really hard for me to plan menus, like I would say dishes in advance. I would say that they're like week-to-week -week dishes and it's kind of, you know, I would have an idea but like once produce comes in, I, I'll change it overnight or like within that moment. Um, for example, like yesterday we did a, like I had so much basil arrive. It's like peak humidity here in Sydney. The basil is just so fragrant. And, of course, with about, I think I had 24 bunches of basil from different farms. They all had different aromas. Um, basil has to go on. And so just that, just being being comfortable with, so like, change is important for me because it's just it allows you to be kind of awake and mindful and just be flexible with whatever changes might be thrown at you, like a dish, you know, whether it's staff, you know, being sick, like just let it flow. What gives you energy in the kitchen or in the restaurant? Um, well, firstly, people always give you energy. Um, for me, um, I definitely um, feed off others, off other energy. Um, I... You know, the food, the produce, the energy, like the energy that's intrinsic, I feed off. You know, like that's not what's being said. I feed off that a lot. Um, it's hard to explain, like the synergy is what I feed off, which is what gives me energy. And then like on a tangible thing, I, I feed off people's growth a lot. 
and other people's actions. Mm, interesting. Well, how, how do you, what are some of the things that you do to ensure that your team is doing well? Doing well, like um, in terms of learning or just in, in their well-being? I mean, I guess however you want to characterise it, I suppose I was thinking of well-being, but I guess that, you know, that's going to flow through, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, for my team and like I've always, oh, I've always looked at it as, um, you know, managing each individually differently for one and then secondly like placing pressure at the right moments on them and then because people I'm more of a nurturing teacher like and I'll be in tune with where they're at and I'll place pressure in the right moment for them and now if I know like if they have if they need more support in this like a period that's when I'll be there as a friend, as a mentor, as whatever they need and give them space when they need. But when in their work, I will see where there's like an opportunity for them to grow and then that's when I'll place pressure. I mean, there's so much emotional intelligence in what you're saying. Like how did this come to be? Is this something that you consciously developed? Is it something that's innate to you? Like um, is it something you saw in mentors? Yeah, talk, talk to me about that. I think it comes from my life experience, for one. I've always been um, self-aware from, like, I guess, puberty. Um, I've always been introverted and always journaled and kept diaries, so I've always been working on that mindful um, state. Um, I've also grown up in kitchens, like, and developed my personality and just been always having that conscious self-awareness I think and you know now I stepped into a head chef role I take that responsibility for taking it on that I'm looking after others and you know and the way that I see it is like how you know being in their shoes what chef would I want it's kind of just the basis of it. You know, who would, you know, now that I'm in that position of responsibility, like who do I, who, who would have I wanted? Yeah. There's something um, that really struck me that you put on your Instagram a little while ago. It was an analysis you wrote when you were a young cook at, at Bird Cow Fish. Um, you talk about, you know, your weaknesses, your strengths. It's really, ugh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's so heart-piercing, it's so vulnerable, but also, yeah, as you say, like definitely aware. Um, there's sort of awe, you know, you're sort of awestruck by the environment a little bit, but um, very perceptive. Can you, who was that young cook and how has she changed? <laughs> um, I don't think I've changed. I don't think I've changed. I think I've just grown and um, and I've just matured, but I don't think I've changed. I still do those. I don't write them down and I don't type them up, but I I write them in my own way now. Like I definitely work, still work on my um, weaknesses and I play on my strengths, but I'm always, you know, being self-critical, but in a healthy way um, and just constantly, constantly working on and on them and through them 
Yeah, interesting. You mentioned you've had a baby um, mm. over the past few years. Can you talk about being a mother and being a head chef? Yeah, I think that um, I think I'm, be, becoming a mother has definitely changed how I am as a chef for sure. Like there's just – I don't think it could not change a woman. Um you know, I'm definitely more empathetic. Um, I'm more sensitive. I'm definitely more flexible. I think that's the key thing that I've become is seeing how, you know, how how do we do? I mean, how do we do it all? I mean, we could talk about this forever, but like, women have such a huge pressure to like have a huge plate, and it's quite heavy. Um, but like, how do how do we make it work? And flexibility is definitely. Um, you know, the thing that has to happen for me. Um, that's definitely changed. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a load. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's interesting because you know, men have children too. Um, I mean, what do you think? Um, I mean, what's has have things changed, and what do you think still needs to change? Um. Well, I think, yeah, like it is definitely true um, men do have women, but I think a, there's a mental load that mothers carry. There's just like an – and but what needs to change is I don't th – I think we just need to work with employers more and, um, you know, I think flexibility is definitely key, like having the discussion upon hiring, plans, you know, just – planning and flexibility and seeing what works, seeing finding businesses or starting your own that can work for you. Um, and if, you know, you're good at your job and, you know, you you, be you believe that you can bring value to a business, I'm, I'm sure I, I believe that it can work. And, you know, I, I also think that, you know, there needs to be more representation of that and more, you know, um, examples of it out there. So because I've been in the industry now for 15 years and 15 years ago I was a minority and only a female and I feel like the more representation of women back then only led for more women to come into the kitchen and young girls to come into the kitchen and allow for that pathway as a career and now that we're here I find okay how do we stay here because a lot of you know friends and like people that I look to and peers around the world they do change their career paths and that there's nothing wrong with that but I just think that you know for longevity if you're going to start this and you want to stay in it I think that there can be a way. Mm. So what do you think I mean, are there structures that you've got around you that makes it easier or possible um, to, yeah, have a young child and be a head chef in a busy restaurant? Well, I think that, um, you know, well, one, I have great family support, so I'm very blessed in that way. Uh, second, I have great employers that um, allow allow for flexibility and uh, fathers themselves that understand how hard it is and support me. Um, so that's two. And I and I think that now with 
the way that our work schedules have changed over the years, I think that it is possible that um, that we can do it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so tell me, I mean, you mentioned the basil, um, but I want to hear about what else I would eat if I come, or let's say when I come to Fratelli Paradiso. Um, well, it would depend on the season. I would say if you came today, um, it would be a lot of seafood. I would see what where you're at, like if you've just come off a plane and you're in for a long lunch or if you're pre-dinner, like just here for snacks, um, and I would just cook off that. Um, I would see, yeah, what you're in the mood for, but it would definitely be some seafood, definitely some tomatoes, zucchini, um, you know, strozzapretti with beans, pesto and potato. <laughs> That would definitely be up there. Yeah, that all that all sounds really good, and I'm definitely definitely up for all of that. You know, as as we're talking, I'm remembering when I fell in love with that restaurant. And I think I was, you know, like in my very late teens, probably traveling to Sydney by myself for the first time, and sitting um, sitting outside Fratelli Fratelli Paradiso, um, yeah, with a coffee or maybe a glass of wine, and just feeling. So, like, feeling incredibly sophisticated and excited, but also, like, um, you know, I was about to be discovered as a bit of a pretender that I wasn't <laughs> – I just didn't – I didn't fit. But somehow, I don't know, there's something about that place that's um, – yeah – there was there's just so much life and people talking and I don't know it's just for me it was a really key restaurant experience in my life to be um they work on energy that energy that you can't explain you know it's you know and if there's one off energy in there like you could everyone can feel it um so yeah it's it's a great spot I mean even Pasta Scampi would be a great one for you to have just to reminisce and like see if it's had any little tweaks here and there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of the restaurants that um, made me fall in love with restaurants. So it's always going to have a, a special place in my heart. Um, but I, I feel like it must be in, yeah, I, I'm really excited to come and eat your food there, Trisha, and just feel that energy I mean it's it's so interesting you know iconic restaurants they have to stay the same but they also have to change and I'm I'm really excited to feel yeah that um that plashing of the the old and the new energy um I mean do you feel like a custodian as you're that you are that quiet revolutionary we know that but do you feel like a custodian of something that's that persists as well Totally, totally. Like I, I, it's, you know, and I have my battles and challenges, but, you know, it brings me down to earth and I speak in depth a lot with Enrico Paradiso about this. Um, you know, it's about, I, I like cooking with tradition and respecting limitations. I think that you can grow a lot and learn a lot about yourself through limitations. It's like with produce, when you're limited less, you can, you explore more. And I felt that a lot with the space too. Um, and I, and it has, it's, you know, restriction has taught me Italian food, you know, and I think that's a great gift. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, do you mean in terms of like being strictly seasonal, or that you just can't go off on crazy flights of fancy? Like, what do you? What do you? Yeah, all 
all. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Oh, it sounds sounds really fun. Um, Trisha, I'm super grateful to you for this chat. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's given me lots to think about. And I, th- I think it's also really inspiring just the way that you are running that kitchen um, and creating the change. Uh, really appreciate your time for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thanks. I look forward to you coming up. Definitely. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.